T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I'm New York State Attorney General Eric Schneiderman. Thank you for joining me today for an important announcement uh, about a long-running an ongoing public integrity investigation here in Buffalo. Uh, first, I'm pleased to be joined by several members of my team who have been working tirelessly on this case. Uh, Dan Court, the chief of our Public Integrity Bureau. Prosecutors uh, Susan Sedinsky and Diane Lavalley. Investigators Richard Doyle and Brian Ross. And senior analyst Robert Vanway. Uh, I'm also honored to be joined by representatives for some of the law enforcement agencies that are partnering with us in these investigations, including Adam Cohen, special agent in charge of the FBI's Buffalo office, Holly Hubert, special assistant, assistant special agent in charge, and from the New York State Police Troop A Commander Stephen Negrelli and Captain James Hall of the Bureau of Criminal Investigations. The FBI, the State Police, the U.S. Attorney's Office, and our colleagues in DOJ and Washington have been indispensable partners in this investigation. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, today we are announcing a very significant development in this ongoing investigation that we began more than a year ago. Yesterday afternoon, uh, New York State Supreme Court Justice John Michalik pled guilty to receiving bribes and offering a false instrument for filing. Both are felonies. As a part of the plea and cooperation deal, Judge Michalik resigned his judgeship and faces two and a third to seven years in prison for his crimes. And this morning, Stephen Pidgeon, an attorney and well-connected political consultant, was arrested and indicted on multiple felony counts, including one count of extortion, two counts of bribery, and six counts of rewarding official misconduct. All are felonies. If convicted on all counts, Pidgeon faces up to 15 years in prison. For more than a year, investigators and attorneys from my office have been reviewing tens of thousands of email exchanges, text messages, bank records, government records, and more. My office convened a special grand jury, subpoenaed witnesses, took hours of testimony. And as we allege in our complaint against uh, Judge Michalik, what we discovered was a multi-year illicit and corrupt scheme between Steve Pidgeon and the judge that gave Pidgeon preferential access to the court, rewarded Pidgeon and his friends, and sought to help Ju Judge Michaelick pursue a corrupt path to a higher court. Ladies and gentlemen, the facts laid out in our case show clear corruption from the bench. As alleged in our complaint, they also show a brazen and willful disregard for the law by Steve Pidgeon, an individual who sought to turn his political connections into cold, hard cash for himself and his friends. The charges we're announcing today uh, all relate to a years-long mutually beneficial bribery scheme between these two men. And as detailed in the felony complaint against the judge, we found that he and Pidgeon had been exchanging emails beginning in February 2012 and continued to do so for the next three years. And the scheme that developed, uh, according to the allegations in both the indictment and the complaint, 
the, the scheme that developed between them was fairly simple. Judge Michalik would ask for favors from Pigeon, and in return, Pigeon would get uh, information, insight, and preferential access from Judge Michalik on cases that Pigeon and his associates had interest in. For several years, despite the obvious conflicts that such communications presented, the emails we reviewed showed that Judge Michalik repeatedly asked Pigeon for help finding a job for a relative. In fact, in early 2012, we allege that just weeks after the judge sent Pigeon a resume for his relative, the judge then sent Pigeon a confidential bench memo about a pending motion in a case that Pigeon was interested in. According to the facts, uh, the judge is admitted in court. Judge Michalik also asked for Pigeon's help getting an appointment for himself to a judgeship in the appellate division and help getting a second relative a job and an appointment to a public board. Judge Michalik is also admitted to receiving box seat tickets to two Buffalo Sabres games from, Pigeons and that Pig from Pigeon and that Pigeon helped a family member of the judge get a free ticket to a high-profile $1,000 ahead political fundraiser. And as we allege in the felony complaint, the relationship went both ways. As Pigeon lavished gifts and assistance on Judge Michalik, the judge admitted that he communicated with, with Pigeon about matters before his court in which Pigeon had an interest. And as outlined in the felony complaint, Judge Michalik kept Pigeon apprised of the status of lawsuits that Pigeon and his associates were involved in and engaged in ex parte communications about those cases. In one case, in March of 2012, Michalik specifically asked Pigeon's advice about a case that involved Pigeon. Pigeon responded that he thought a motion to grant a protective order in the case should be denied. Well, two weeks later, as we allege, Judge Michalik sent an email to Pigeon Attached was a copy of the decision written just as Pigeon had requested, along with a note thanking Pigeon for his, quote, efforts, close quote, to find Michaelik's relative a job. In another instance, the judge sent Pigeon a note suggesting that Pigeon get on a list of people who can serve as court-appointed receivers. Getting on that list can unlock thousands of dollars in legal fees. Pigeon wrote back that he had, quote, some partners who could be appointed that could help me, close quote. Sure enough, a few weeks later, Judge Michalik appointed a lawyer that Pigeon had suggested as a receiver, even though that lawyer was not on the government list of people qualified to be a receiver. According to the felony complaint, Judge Michalik told Pigeon that was not a problem. He wrote, quote, we pushed it through anyway, close quote. This lawyer had, at that time, I believe, only been practicing law for two years. He was not on the proved approved list of receivers for a reason. And to top it off, later, after Pigeon's associate got the receivership, we allege that Pigeon extorted $5,000 in phony consulting fees from that same associate, essentially a kickback from the guy he got appointed as a receiver. Ladies and gentlemen, the facts alleged in these cases are exactly why so many New Yorkers have lost faith in government institutions and in their representatives. The deceit, the horse trading, the I'll scratch your back if you'll scratch mine, status quo uh, has really got to end here and now. Enough is enough. Uh, the, I believe very strongly in the American system of elective democracy. I believe in our independent judiciary. And corrupting that system is something that every American should take offense at 
and everyone should agree that we're going to unite to put an end to it. Uh, my commitment to rooting out corruption uh, is deep, and the overwhelming majority of people who work in government and the judiciary uh, are good public servants trying to do their job. This undermines their credibility. This discourages good people from running for office or seeking uh, public service or from voting. Uh, we've had cooperation from many government agencies, great people working with us throughout this, in addition to the folks here today. Um, the Central Police Services, lawyers in the county attorney's office have been cooperative. And, and keep in mind that it was folks at the local boards of elections, Republicans and Democrats, who sent materials to the central board that re resulted in the referral of this matter to my office in the first place. So it's important to recognize that most public servants are here to do their job and to do public service. Those that abuse the public trust, uh, we will pursue no matter how well connected they are, no matter how powerful they may be. The idea of equal justice under law demands no less. And I thank you for joining me here. And now Matt Mittenthal will moderate any questions. Well, the, the uh, indictment and complaint that we're announcing today uh, is about the judge and Stephen Pigeon. But I guess if I could follow up, just since this investigation, do you believe that other people are connected? Are you looking into other people? Well, it's, it's been an, this is an ongoing investigation. Uh, this is not the only part of the investigation, but today we're, here, we're talking about something that involved two individuals. Well, it started initially with a referral from uh, the new independent counsel's office at the New York State Board of Elections based on information provided from people here in uh, Erie County. Uh, we began to look at it and uh, obtained information, and we followed the facts wherever they lead in any investigation. And uh, it led us to these, this communication, these emails, and we pursued it from there. Uh, I'm not, I don't want to comment on ongoing, other, other ongoing aspects of the investigation. Well, could there be more charges coming then? I guess specifically about the original cases that were brought to your attention about election law violations, are those still possible uh, actions? Yes, I don't want to comment on any other aspects of the ongoing investigation, but it is an ongoing investigation. Well, we received a referral, and uh, we uh, have expanded the public integrity activities of our office significantly um, uh, since I became attorney general. We entered for the first time in history into a joint executive order with State Controller Tom DiNapoli so that he can provide us with referrals of any public corruption case that involves abuse of state funds. So we have brought, I'm sure we're well over 70 cases through that partnership with the controller, and we have also received referrals in, from, in other cases, and this one came from the Board of Elections. The, the, the facts set forth in the complaint and the, and the indictment are, are, are the cases that we're talking about. Correct.
criminal investigation has been for quite some time. Uh, I think you've stated, Mr. Attorney General, quite clearly that um, your work is not done here. Uh, but to the federal end on this investigation, um, is your investigation concluded or is it ongoing, sir? So what you've heard today are about state felony charges. Um, the FBI will continue to investigate um, following leads where we find them, and it's possible that there can be future charges at the uh, federal level as well. To clarify, you have not closed the book on this investigation? This is only one prong of an active investigation for the FBI. Well, this is uh, uh, these, these are charges of, of bribery, extortion, uh, and each of the specific uh, felonies has specific requirements in the law. But uh, in this particular case, the emails, some of them that I, I've described and others that are referred to in the felony complaint and the indictment, make it very clear what was going on here. This is not a case where there's any murkiness. Our allegations are that there was a very clear quid pro quo uh, between the judge and Stephen Pigeon. Um, no, we're we we try not to uh, mention people's names who are not. Uh, being accused of any wrongdoing. Uh, in some cases, some of those people provide cooperation to our office. We encourage people to come forward if they have information about public corruption, and we do our best to uh, uh, to refer to people who are not being accused of wrongdoing as infrequently as possible. Uh, this case is about Pigeon and Michael. This is a this is a relationship between these two. Uh, as to what other people may or may not know, no one else is accused of misconduct. I'm sorry, I'm having trouble hearing you. Well, it's uh, we've appeared in front of the judge today and uh, bail was set and we'll go forward and have pretrial motions and go to trial. I can't tell you the exact timetable. Uh, we, are, we are prepared to go forward as, uh, um, and would like to go forward as quickly as possible. Yes, this is, uh, I take being a lawyer very seriously. I, believe deeply in our system of laws and uh, the impartiality of the judiciary is uh, arguably the most important cornerstone of the American system of justice. And if you go back and look at what the founders were talking about, they were very concerned about the injustice suffered under the courts uh, when they were colonies. And uh, for a judge to sell their office uh, for favors, for benefits, for money uh, is something that I think should offend 
all Americans, but certainly should offend all American lawyers. This is something that we cannot have. The undermining of public confidence in our system of justice is a very serious problem in this country. And I think that that's why we have a clear commitment to pursuing injustice wherever it occurs, but the corruption in the judiciary has a special, uh, specially distasteful, offensive, and dangerous quality to it. Well, we've been working with our colleagues in the Office of Court Administration who have taken action already. Um, the judge, obviously, is not uh, on the bench any longer, and they're dealing with uh, the cases that were being heard by the judge. So the, the Office of Court Administration is fully apprised of this and have, have been begun taking steps already and are going to deal with those matters. That's something that they're working their way through right now. Specifically here, we're talking about a limited number of cases, but the Office of Court Administration obviously is taking a broader look at cases that were before Judge Michael. Uh, I was told yesterday he had hundreds of cases in his inventory. Are, are a large number of those now in question? I, I, I don't know. That's The Office of Court Administration is, is supervising that process. The cases that we allege that we talked about in our complaint and our indictment are the ones that we're focused on. We're, this is... Uh, this is a, an extremely disturbing and uh, very, very uh, un-American scheme, but it's a scheme between two men about a relatively limited number of facts. We are confident that we can prove these facts at trial. Uh, and as everyone has stated, this is an ongoing state and federal investigation. Essentially, uh, you know, as you can read the allegations, we allege that this person uh, ended up at the end of the day being more of a victim. The extortion charge is a very serious charge. Very last one. You mentioned this is a multi-scheme. Any idea when this alleged corruption actually began? How many years ago it actually started? Well, the specific uh, relationship, uh, corrupt relationship between Michael and Pigeon, we allege started in February 2012. As I said, I'm, I'm not going to comment on any other aspects of the ongoing investigations. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.